conflict, we take a look at bots, the new conversational user interface that's taking the world by storm that you love to hate. Where do you start? What are your options? And what is the future of bots? All this and more on this week's Merge Conflict. Frank, I am live in Taipei, Taiwan. How's it going, buddy? Taipei, Taiwan? That's not Seattle. How far no, is that? It is not Seattle. It is a, it is a very brief 12-hour flight across the ocean. <laughs> not too bad. A nice direct flight then or any cool stopovers? That is correct. There is, there is exactly direct. one direct direct flight uh, <laughs> that leaves at 1.30 a.m. Fantastic. And arrives the next day. So if I leave on a Monday, I get there on a Tuesday. There's involved, right? Yes, it is very confusing because <laughs> right now, what what is it? It's a Tuesday in Seattle, is that it's correct? Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. For me, it is Wednesday at 12.30 a.m. <laughs> so far in the future. <laughs> I'm, I am recording live from the future. What and does I think that really look like from over there? The, it looks, it's beautiful. Uh, Taipei is gorgeous. Uh, it's very clean and quiet, surprisingly. Uh, it's a big, it's all big city sprawled out, but like encapsulated by a lot of so it's uh, not greenery. Dystopian, it's not the dystopian future. It's the more Star Trek future. No, it's lovely. Uh, I highly recommend everyone come in and check it out. Uh, it was pretty cheap to get here too, so not too, especially if you're coming from Seattle. And then there's exactly one direct flight going back to Seattle that leaves at midnight. So it's pretty well, exciting. Yeah, time, if you have the means, you highly recommend it. Exactly. But since I'm, you know, recording from the future, I figured we talk about a very futuristic subject this week that seems to be kind of the hot topic because all these companies and every single app creator like framework sdk creator seems to be wanting to create their own their own bots it's all about the bots 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 yeah, bots I, i'm totally into bots but man you just made the contrarian in me kick in once you mentioned that yeah it's all these big companies are getting into bots oh i love bots and we're going to talk about conversational bots in particular Yes, um, <laughs> but now that I know all the big players, all the big companies are into it. Hmm, now I'm like, oh, not so cool. But anyway, bots are from yeah, the future. We're going to talk about them. Yeah, and here's what's interesting about bots is that bots aren't new. Bots, I don't no. know why. All of a sudden, I don't know if it was Slack because Slack made add-ins to me. <laughs> To me, there seems to be this concept of a bot, but it's really an add-in with a simple API that you pass it some text and you return some results and it may visualize. This is very reminiscent of something. Do you remember Smarter Child from mm, AOL Instant no, Messenger? No, I missed that one. I think it, I think it, I believe it's Smarter Child. And the idea was that everyone was on AOL Instant Messenger, AIM, all the time. Well, you could boot up and you could you could add Smarter Child to your friends list and then you could text or, or send oh, a Smarter Child a anything friend. you wanted. A little friend and Smarter Child would chat back and forth to you and then you could, you know, it didn't necessarily have intelligence into your schedule or to a mm -hmm. bunch of stuff, but you could ask Smarter Child the weather, you could ask it some other things. Yeah, yeah, that was I, I got 15 years ago. 15 years ago, AOL. I think so. <laughs> they were doing great yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got into them because I was a nerd and I just got into AIs. And in that world, the Eliza bot was always the famous one. And What's that? 
It was just a chat bot. Uh, it was, you know, one of the early attempts at beating the Turing test of if you're talking to an AI, can you tell if it's a human or not? Mm. And I think like even the authors admit they did kind of a silly, simple algorithm, but it was surprisingly effective. You can easily have very long conversations with Eliza and she's interesting and asks good questions and seems to pay attention a tiny bit. And that's an old, old bot. I don't even I don't even know when she came out, but definitely prehistoric. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So it's not new, but it seems like it is new to a lot of people. So to me, like I said, what bots essentially are is, you know, it, it's a conversational way. Like you're talking about conversational bots of I would like to type something uh, into a, a box or maybe speak it, which I think we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and based on the context that the bot knows information, uh, it will return things to me and it can do further things and I can continue on the conversation so the most popular one as of recent probably is ordering a pizza from anything like that's just a demo bot right that's not for real i hope oh domino's has this yeah i'm pretty sure like in messenger (laughs) in a trigger for pizza yeah i think it's just pizza like if you just type pizza and it's like do you want to order some pizza where would you like that and then that's the thing is i think because our devices are getting smarter and the contextual information is that is that you know, let's say it's Facebook. So Facebook has your entire graph. It has some calendar. It knows the events you're coming up. It knows your location. If it's connecting other apps like Swarm or Foursquare, it could actually pull in that information and get mm-hmm. this historical, you know, dates around you, which is kind of cool. Uh, to me, I'm more interested in whatever Google is going to do with all the Googly information or like what Siri can <laughs> do with all your Apple-y information that Siri has. Uh, but I think you've been, I mean, so, so you are an Apple user and you've been using, uh, Siri is not a, a, a text. You don't type to, to Siri, but you talk no. to Siri. Yeah. Unfortunately, from a programmer's perspective, Siri is pretty limited. Now, Apple does have a few APIs that are interesting. It does have a text to speech, uh, API. I, I should say I'm a quite biased towards voice interactions with these conversational UIs, especially on mobile. Um, I, I I take that back. I'm not one of those people that just talks to Siri on his phone. But typing to an AI seems a little bit weird, whereas I don't have any problems speaking to it. So I'm definitely biased on that side. And okay. unfortunately, uh, we just don't have too many uh, plug-in opportunities for Siri right now. It's yeah. getting better. If you write like a, a, a VoIP app or something, <laughs> then you can integrate. Yeah, you can, what you kind can of like tell. I think... And that's how Google was for a little bit too. So uh-huh. Google had Google Now, and you could you could register for hooks essentially and say mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I would like to start a bicycle ride," or "I would like to order a taxi," and then it would trigger something in your application to me, which is kind of this one way street. And Google Now had a little bit more that you could register some commands back and forth. So I had a I had a Cortana's in the same boat. Is that right? Microsoft, I oh. think at the operating system level, you can plug into Cortana. Yeah, I totally forget about that, right? I so know. I just had this brain moment. I'm like, oh, yeah, Cortana exists. <laughs> so you have three voice bots that are locked to a a platform. Now, Cortana no, no, makes... Four, four. Let's not forget Alexa. Who are we leaving? Oh, and Alexa. Oh, don't forget Alexa. Oh, my so goodness. The problem we're already running into is, yes, they're awesome because they're awesome, but, man, they're siloed, aren't they? They're all in their own little yeah. universe. 
Yeah. And, and even when you talk about, so those are just voice ones, then you start talking about, okay, well, what other things would I like to connect to? Maybe I want to type to something. Well, you right, have something like bots and the IRC bots and all the bots. I guess there's kind of two kinds of bots, the ones that you have direct communication with back and forth communication. And then there's the others that just kind of hover around all your conversations. Maybe they're sitting in on all your Slack channels, or your IRC channels, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're both useful, I guess, in different ways. You want some bots monitoring you passively, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, some of them have hard coded commands. Like in Slack, I have we have a we have a weather bot called Poncho Poncho Cat, okay. and you can say you can say you know forward slash Poncho, what's the weather or whatever. So Poncho is just not actually investigating the the text, and you're not having a conversation. You're literally just passing it a command, and I think that's the easiest. That's the most dead simple way of creating a bot. It's like yeah, okay, I'm not I would sure like if that to counts as a bot. That's a command line tool. <laughs> It's kind of a command line tool, yeah. I if mean, you have to put slashes in and arguments. And yeah, there's got to be some natural language processing. Come on, you're up there in the future. Natural language processing. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think when I look today at you know the messaging applications, so your Slack, your Skype, your Facebook Messenger, they all have bot frameworks. So if I'm inside of uh, Messenger, I might say. Um, you know, I'd like to get a haircut this afternoon or I'm having a conversation with you in Skype, right? That's the right. idea. So, so the, this is the, the idea. Bot's over, overwatching. It's, it's your little guardian angel. It's what? <laughs> Big yeah, so this, yeah, exactly. So the bot is overlooking us and the bot um, says, oh, James and Frank are talking about getting their hair cut. Mm-hmm. And then to one of us, based on the, the context, like the bot will have this mini conversation with me and it's like, hey, you know, you know, these are the times that, like, do you want to schedule an appointment at this haircut? So, like, here's some places around. In the future here, or does this exist somewhere? No, this exists. This is, is this, this is like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that exists in Facebook Messenger and also in Allo. Don't use Facebook Messenger. And yeah. Allo, I was told not to use by Snowden, so. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so there's 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 like a few of these and and also this oh, is what they demoed. <laughs> yeah, this is this is what they demoed with uh the Skype Messenger to be honest with you. So Oh god. For instance, Do we have another yeah. bot now? The Skype bot too. Uh, yeah, oh, the Skype Microsoft. Bots. I guess Microsoft's into a lot of bots. Yeah, they like the bot. So yeah, they were saying like, Skype "Hey, bot. you know, yeah, in, in a, yeah, they could be hovering over the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, Frank and I are looking for a place to eat pizza this weekend. And they'd be like, hey, let's Better order them a pizza. Oh, you misunderstood conversation bot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so I think that like there's a, there's a, a lot of different use cases. It's all about contextual information that your application has. And to me, why I would want to create a bot is because I would like to get my app in the forefront more often. And I don't think everything makes it great i think just a bot plugin by itself is fine but you know for instance if i'm inside of slack i would you know maybe i'm walking and then i have some i have my my actual little step counter application it could feed me information about my fitness or something or we have a you know like a fitness channel you know oh i I would love that I, i love the idea of being able to communicate with your apps because what's an app other than just a storage of data being able to access that data from different angles, not always having to yes. go through like the mobile UI or something like that. I am exactly. all for that. Yeah, it's like an it's a new way for us to get our apps in front of our users without having them open the app, which is a good thing. 
uh, unless you are ad-driven revenue 100%, then maybe not. Well, but I'll, I'll say there is the other area where you can do um, an app that's purely a conversational UI. And I'm actually interested yeah. in those also. Just putting it out yeah. there for when we get there. <laughs> Which I think will work interesting. So if you're building one of these bots today, there's a few ways to do it. Have you had any interactions with any of these bot different SDKs? Yeah, I've tried a few. Um, so... The ones I've really put some effort into have been uh, the Echo SDK, which is Alexa. And I, I spent the most time with that one. But I've also spent some time with the Microsoft Bot SDK, mostly in the realm of I'm always curious how they handle natural language input. So how do we translate a natural thing like uh, what's the weather today into an object that our programming languages and their stupidity can actually understand, like a query, a defined query. you got to map it to some program code that needs to execute. So from a nerd perspective, I'm always just interested to see how they solve those problems. Sure, yeah. At the same time, I do want to write apps for them, but the nerd in me comes <laughs> out first. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 one that interests me the most is that there are so many different bot frameworks out there and so many ways that you could plug in. And I kind of like what Microsoft did, and I don't think it's going to cover every single bot bot that's out there. But essentially, they said, listen, a lot of these bot platforms do very similar things. They kind of expose like webhooks to some extent, and they pass you strings and queries Um yeah, this is, then this you, is the hook your bot into conversational zone so it can be in that overlooking mode, watching all your all your work. Exactly, exactly. And, and so Microsoft, what they're trying to do is a solution where you write one bot and then it automatically interfaces with all these other services? Yeah, exactly. So they've abstracted yeah, yeah into a Node.js and to a .NET um, API is they have gone ahead and they've said we've abstracted away um apis for and it was like six or seven of them but they have things like skype slack facebook kick office 365 mail and mm -hmm. even text messaging even text messaging um Weird which that hooks in but okay <laughs> so that one like some of them obviously will give you access to overlay into it but like a text message is like you would text a number and be like hey i'm looking for upcoming Okay, um, that's a one-on-one -on -one conversation then. It that's a, yeah. Overlooking mode. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. One-on-one -on -one conversation. So I think that that's kind of interesting is that they said, hey, listen, here's all the tools that you need and we'll add more you know, frameworks that support this. And then what you can do is you can add additional services with cognitive services for language understanding, which is, I think, is what you like for it. Yeah, because this is where I, I think they did a great job because um, they actually separated the two worlds. In, in the bot API, you're just given a text string, if my memory is serving me correctly. It's just, here's what the user typed. It's up to you to decide then what to do with it, what to respond with, all of that. But it's just this very basic API. After that, if you want to actually translate natural language into, like I was mentioning before, some kind of command that you can make sense of, uh, you have to use some translator. And they broke this out into its, its own service, as far as I can tell, Microsoft Cognitive Services. And then this mm -hmm. is a natural language processor is one of the services the service offers. God, the world's complicated these days. <laughs> <laughs> 
so that thing's pretty cool. Uh, you, you go in there. I, uh, I think you type in a bunch of example sentences and tell it how to um, those map into what, JSON or something, something that your app will receive. So you can send it raw text from the user and it'll give you back whatever data it was able to pull out of it. And hopefully from there you can make sense of it. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think that the idea was, yeah, if you have like some way of, you know, getting weather, they could pass pass you an example string like, oh, the person spoke this and the natural language like may need more some more information as to like, oh, you know, I didn't get a location, like what city is it, you know, what what it needs to actually parse out from it. All, all these mappers need some kind of example sentences. Where Microsoft shines is you don't have to give it too many examples. It's able to create all the wonderful variations on English or it's probably multi-language knowing Microsoft. But mm-hmm. it's able, if you just say, what is the weather? It knows to also accept what's the weather like or what's the weather or, you know, just variations. And it can handle those without you having to manually type out every exhaustive variation. I like that. And it seems like they've also done some other things around vision. So being able to inspect elements like, oh, here's an image that came up in a conversation. You could actually investigate what that is in that image, uh, which would be pretty cool. Oh, that's uh, neat. So they have some neural networks for the uh, images. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, which is really cool. And they also have some additional... Services. Yeah, they also have some additional speech-to-text and text-to-speech conversations, too. So uh, you can speak back things and wave files. Uh, but for instance, you know, you may have a bot that takes in just speaking and gives you a wave file, so you would need to parse out the actual uh, whatever they said. Or for instance, in a vision API, maybe it's they've, they've posted a photo uh, that maybe they're in Taipei and they take a photo of a, of a, of a menu that's all in uh, Mandarin. <laughs> And then you want to like, the cognitive AI, the Microsoft cognitive AI. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. I mean, that, that oh, can, it do can it. translate it to pictures, too. Instead of just saying like chicken and noodles, it could just say like a little chicken and noodles emoji. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's what the you need to simplify. The translator. That's yeah. You should be writing. Yeah. And and I think it's kind of cool that so many of these bot frameworks are open opened up and Google just announced theirs with Allo, which is the Google Assistant, which does multiple things. It has a one on one conversation. It has a, a way of overlooking and it also has other things like the Alexa API has, which is like verbally speaking and talking into your application. Right. So have you looked into that SDK? Do you know how do you enter that translation? Sorry, I keep nerding out on that part, but that's the part that really gets me interested is uh, conversion, natural language processing. Do you remember how you program that? Yeah, so this is like new, new, new. Um, okay. Google Assistant, they just announced at uh, their Google event uh, made by Google when they were announcing Google Home, which is essentially Pretty their... Pretty then, the last I.O. or something then, right? No, 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 this no. was two, two weeks ago. Oh, God. Two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, you didn't want to date us, I see. But um, no. wow, that is recent. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so they announced the, they announced the Pixel phone. They announced Google Wi-Fi, and they also announced. Well, they announced, yeah. So they did actually announce Google Home at Google I/O, but they this is the official like, hey, it's done. Uh, you can pre-order it, you know. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so with that, we already had Allo, which is the messaging application that you could say like, hey, you know, um, you and I are talking, for instance, and like, hey, we want to make sushi for dinner, and then you could be like, you know, at Google, like, hey, let's, you know 
you know, show me some sushi stuff. And then it would start inserting some stuff into our application. And then, then you would start having you, like me and you would have this conversation with the Google bot back and forth. It's like, it's, it's interesting. Cause like someone has to trigger the Google bot to be talking, but what's interesting is that they're opening up the Google assistant API. So you can embed it in your own hardware too. Oh, so it's already going to be in Allo. Wow. It's okay. going to be in Google Home, but it, you could put it on a Raspberry Pi. Oh, boy. Okay. So I would say that they're catching up to Amazon then because Amazon had about those same things. I'm sorry. I'm um, <laughs> thinking not just about the SDK part, but putting it on separate hardware now um, mm-hmm. of being able to take their service and build little cheap devices. So you're not locked into always having to buy their devices. And that's a really interesting direction. I'm not even sure why they're all doing this. What's the corporate benefit? Well, I, you know, I think that it's essentially who will take over the world first with the, you know, with their assistant, you know, what, what assistant will be in everywhere. <laughs> it has to run on a Raspberry Pi for it to be what accepted by the world. Is that the theory they're running on? I guess. Yeah. Okay. You know, Raspberry pairs. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's like even I think uh, Microsoft has Windows 10 IoT core, which is Windows 10 running on a Raspberry Pi. So right. you can do it. OK, yeah. there's some conspiracy going on that I don't comprehend. Yeah, I don't <laughs> get the Raspberry Pi. I mean, I have yeah. a Raspberry Pi. I love it. It's the coolest thing in the world. But like an Echo is 150 bucks. Google is pretty much free, I guess. <laughs> Facebook's free. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. And then the Google Home device will be basically it's an echo device that you're going to put into your house. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the no first cameras, time. Right. Still no cameras. <laughs> no cameras. No cameras. Uh, it has it has an amazing speaker in it that they're really partying up. And I think, okay, cool. you know, how, how they were like, listen, it's going to you know, it's going to interact with all of your if this and that with all your smart things with, you know, all the Google stuff. And it's going to be able to talk to all your applications and I thought that that was cool. I thought what was interesting is that we're all building applications. So a lot of the bots that are out there today are linking into your application to get data out. And I'm assuming that's what the Alexa one does. Maybe you can talk on it a bit more. But, you know, they were showing like, hey, you know, play me this song. Like, OK, Google, play me this song. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they had demo to me now, though. That feels like 1990s technology. Yeah, but then what they did was they took it a step further. And I, and I guess I shouldn't say, okay, followed by another word called Google because everyone's phone's going oh, off. Oh, so geez, we did it. Um, yeah. Right. So um, how about, you know, we go, okay. okay. What did Gruber say to do? <laughs> we'll say, okay, Gruber. We're just going to say, okay, Gruber every okay, time. Okay, Gruber. Got it. Okay, Gruber. And uh, you say, okay, Gruber, uh, play play this video on my television. And it just starts playing. Yeah, I want that. I, I wish Alexa. That's what happens. The Fire TV. <laughs> yeah, so, so exactly. So it's, I'm missing. Yeah, so it's like, oh, play it on the the speakers outside, right? It just kind of knows automatically. So you're building these conversations, and then I mean, that's like the starting point. That's the command, and then the Google Assistant or any of these bots. It's important that you're following up. It's the confirmation that makes it the conversation, right? This conversation. Mm-hmm. So any of these bots will Back say like. Forth. Yeah, it's like, and is this what you want? Multi back and forth context. It's a thing that a lot of these bots don't do very well, actually. Exactly. Asking follow up questions or being able to use uh, pronouns, things like that. Yeah. I will say one thing. Um, I, I, I made a misnomer, or not a misnomer, but 
misspoke and said that the one thing I miss about Alexa is that she can't turn on the TV on and off. But the mm. truth is, Alexa actually doesn't have too much data <laughs> at her fingertips. Uh, she knows the weather. <laughs> she can look up things on Wikipedia. But she doesn't really know much about me. She doesn't access the email. She doesn't have any of my text conversations, any of that. But at the same time, all those features seem... I really want those because I'm totally into home AIs and things like that. But at the same time, I like Alexa. <laughs> this is terrible. But like the bot, like the voice and the personality that they've encoded into it. I'm not sure if I want to go around my home saying, okay, Gruber. It just, it's, it's a weird, <laughs> it's much nicer to say, oh, we should, probably shouldn't be saying Alexa than either. But, you know, <laughs> you actually tend to start favoring the bot which is terrible so i don't even care that she doesn't have access to that data or the tv well that that means that it's that's kind terrible. of successful no that's that means it's a successful ai to an extent that it has drawn your conversations so close i mean not even your conversations but the relationship that you build with this piece of you know this device but this this human-ish form this ai thing that that is trying to get to know you and try to learn you better uh, and and if and if maybe that's successful, Google just came up with a nice name. Maybe that's all they need instead of yeah. Gruber all the time. Like yeah. no, they're just okay, Gruber, and and that's it. I, I don't know if you'll be able to pro program it. Like on the phone, you can program. I was so disappointed when I found out Alexa, you couldn't change her name um, because I wanted to call her Computer from Star Trek. Obviously, I just want to say Computer, turn the lights down. But maybe, you know, Google and all their open sourceness will actually let you change the name, the trigger name. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be totally. cool. Yeah. But oh, I think it's a good opportunity. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a good opportunities for, uh, you know, developers, though. I mean, so like we talked about, it's like if you're creating an application or just creating a standalone application right. and you want to kind of get on the forefront. I think there's a lot of open opportunities in the Alexa SDK. Was it a .NET SDK or was it SDK for Alexa? The Alexa is all web-based technologies. So as long as you can put a server up that can talk a certain API, then you can write in whatever language you want, including .NET. So easy enough to put one up. I think, uh, I, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I think one little hang-up was you have to have an HTTPS endpoint with a valid certificate, obviously. Yeah. So that takes a tiny bit of work. Uh, what Amazon, obviously, they're always promoting their own services, so they make it super easy to hook into their, uh, what do you call them, nano service engine, where you just run one function per request. It brings up the server when you need it. You only pay for it when the server's running. So I've actually done it that way. It's a little bit annoying. I had to write a Node.js server, so I'd much rather write it in .NET, but just for messing around, I got away with the Node.js. Yeah, I think we could do a whole, I'm sure, episode on serverless compute. But yeah, the Lambda and functions, essentially. So Lambda yeah. is AWS's and functions is Azure's. Uh, it's Yeah, it's kind of an interesting concept because when you think of what a bot's doing is it's it's just essentially calling an endpoint and passing it some string and then you're processing and then calling back an endpoint. Yeah, they still need some database, though, especially the ones that watch you passively. They need a database. And I just want my bot to have a database like i want to be able to tell it um i think roses are pretty and then ask it later are roses pretty you know like it, it should have some kind of memory we're not there yeah. but maybe in taipei in the future we'll get there 
Well, and that's the thing is like these are strictly bots, right? They're not AI. They're not. Uh, oh, they're so not. Close. I'm just. <laughs> I want that computer interface from Star Trek. Well, and I think maybe that's the next evolution. Is is you kind of want to start like you said, building with Alexa. Like Alexa, you know, I think the idea is that it would get to kind of know the family who's in the house. It would be contextual. If Heather wants to start, to, you know, that's what I want. Is if Heather is is cooking dinner. And she goes, you know, hey, you know, hey, dingus, <laughs> if you will. I'll just, we're just going to do a bunch of nods to all of our favorite podcasters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, hey, I'll dingus. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, dingus, you know, I want to uh, play me my Spotify. Then, you know, uh, any, any bot that's there should start learning. But if I'm cooking, I'm like, hey, dingus, you know, start playing my favorite music. It should just be contextual, like on the mm-hmm. voice, the recognition, who I am. And I think that's what would be good. And that's what kind of scares me about some of this stuff is that like, so Alexa's kind of nice, like you were saying, which is, all right, cool. So Alexa doesn't have any data, right? So, but it has Other than links. data for the most part. It you has can link. Yeah, it, it can be linked. I keep calling it a she. It's terrible. You can link it <laughs> to apps and she can try to pull down data. But at the same time, it's it's very limited and there are very few apps. Yeah. And I think for me, the, the Google Home stuff is intriguing. But also, you know, there's a lot of people with families or, you know, Heather and I live together. So Google has all of my information, right? I've given Google yeah, all. I mean, I've resisted all these years. I'm like, I don't want to give Google all this information. It's bad that they know all this information. But gosh, the moment you put a conversational UI on top of it, I'm like, oh, I wish they had more information about me. Let me tell you yeah. about myself. I was born here. You know? <laughs> I just, I just want to start inputting da- more and more data into it. That's why I wish it was someone other than Google taking charge here, but yeah. whatever. I mean, <laughs> what what scares me is the point that not that they'll have all my information, but is that if just anyone walks into the house or if people yeah, are cooking, you know? Yeah, have to develop some security. Uh, someone joked um, they had they had um, their locks on their door controlled by Siri. And all you had mm-hmm. to do was walk up to their house, scream into the house loud enough for one of the devices lying around in the house to hear you and unlock the door. I like that. So, oh, yeah. yeah, there's some security to be dealt with. But it should That's... definitely get to know your voice as past love past one yeah. in that yeah yeah i mean that's what that's what i think siri does and google does at least on the phone when i say okay dingus you know it knows my voice like you can't come in a passive conversation and if you have a uh, hundred people all saying okay dingus then uh you know they're they're not all gonna open everyone's phone it's just gonna open the, the correct phone for them the, the application for them so I mean, that's what excites me is I want, I'm not super into home automation. I should be more than I am, but we have, you know, uh, Nest drop cams that are okay. recording stuff when we're away. So whenever we leave right now, we have to open the application. We have to go do this, turn it on, turn it off. Cause we don't have it on all the time. Uh-huh. It'd be creepy. <laughs> uh, but we do turn it on often whenever we leave the house. So I just want to say, okay, okay. Okay, you know, um, okay, goofball. Gruber. <laughs> okay, Gruber. Okay, Gruber. Turn on my camera, and then yeah. it turns on my camera, uh, which I think would be cool. So that's kind of like what I want in the conversation. Is then it's like, oh, do you want to turn on the camera? Yeah, and maybe eventually just stop asking me. I think it would get annoying if I get to confirm everything that I ever tell the the, the doofus to do. But yeah, I think you're also making me realize one of the reasons I like Alexa is because 
I really don't know if Apple's ever going to let us program Siri and I walk around with an iPhone. So that input method, I'm not sure (laughs) how long it's going to take for Apple to finally allow developers to hook into it. So I'm not sure if I'll ever be able to use my phone for a conversational UI. But as long as there's a, a, a thing sitting in the room or nearby with an earshot, then at least I can use it. Yeah. Yeah, so Google I like Home, it. Alexa, we'll see what Microsoft does. I'm sure yeah, you got something. <laughs> they, they got they don't have anything in the space, and they have you know they have Cortana, I guess, everywhere, like in your Xbox, in your computer. Uh, but I, I don't even have it turned on because yeah, I present have so a much. Conversation on the Xbox, I've tried. Yeah, <laughs> I can barely get it just... to turn stuff off using voice. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm on my computer for work all day, so I don't, I always shut it down. Right. I think that's the beauty of these devices that are sitting around wherever you have Alexa or you have uh, Google is that they're just wherever you want them to be. Yeah. In the house. Oh, and I have one timely question for you then. Have you upgraded your OS 10 to Sierra? I've not updated oh, to Mac, Mac OS, OS I mean, Sierra. Mac yeah. OS Sierra. Oh, you have not. Have you updated? Okay. Have you updated them iOS, Android, Macio things to the tens and the twelves? I've updated no. everything. I only bring it up because they finally put Siri on the desktop, so now you can just uh, trigger Siri pretty easily. And I've noticed I use her about zero. I scream over the monitor to Alexa, Alexa, what's the weather? <laughs> Rather than asking Siri. How do you bring up? How do you bring up Siri on your computer? Uh, it's an app icon in the dock right now. There uh, must be a key combination, but I haven't found it yet. You know what they should have done? What? Command space. <laughs> no, command command space. Oh, it should have just been listening to you whenever you type. Wow, exactly. you're smart. Yeah, I like it. Ship it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm hitting I hit, I hit command enter or command space all the you're time. Right. And yeah, and then if you yeah. could speak instead of typing. Yeah. Yes. You're a genius. Well, yeah. Or just type something, and then you know Siri picks up what you were okay, talking, and then you start a track. It doesn't work. Ah, <laughs> oh, that'd have been cool. Because imagine if you do like oh weather, and then uh, there's not any things, but it says hey open in open in Siri. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, it makes me wonder how many people will end up using it, but I guess you can look at Windows 10 users and ask how many use Cortana. Probably, yeah, I'm guessing it's a pretty low number. It's got to be desktops. You tend to use the keyboard. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's a very big thing. Like it's very large. It's about a third of my of my taskbar too. And it's like, hey, I'm Cortana. Ask me anything. You know what I do is I hit Windows and I type. <laughs> That's what I do, Cortana. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't need Cortana yeah, to tell me. I'm not me. a big fan of the search that they have in Windows 10, mostly just because it keeps bringing up apps in the store when I'm just trying to find apps and documents on my computer. I'm like, no, yeah. you can't even find it on my computer. Stop searching the internet. It's on my computer. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, I love it. Well, there you go. I don't know. Bots, bots, bots. are there. I'm excited. I can't yeah. wait. I'm, I'm going to be programming them. Program them up. Bots, the future. So much work to do. I think at least what's intriguing to me is that there are uh, some smaller companies and some bigger companies taking a look at it, uh, and even doing some source initiatives. (laughs) Yeah, more open source initiatives. Yeah, and I think that with the bots, I think the cognitive services like push it a little bit further too, which are very intriguing to start. Like, oh, what else can I do with this application? It's not. It's not just text response command uh it's It's interesting that it's not a library either it's a service so you need a network connection that kind of stuff but that seems to be the future 
Yeah. Well, there you have it. Bots, 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 bots all day long on the merge conflict. So well, that was a great report from the future. I'm looking forward to the next one too. What will that yeah, be we'll, like Australia or New Zealand or something? I'll be back in Seattle. We'll be back in the, the same time <laughs> zone. <the> <laughs> yeah, recording the next merge conflict. And until then, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Kruger. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>